It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy, and it's about people. It's about. It's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept: uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force. That sort of controls our destiny,、uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence, great taste, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang bang and people fall over and dead, but you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Welcome back to Generation Skywalker. This is our first "Those Old Fossils" of 2022, and joining me tonight is、uh, three of the more handsome members of of the team. I've got with me Craig Spivey. Good evening, Craig. Well, thank you very much. Good evening, Stuart. I did think today, Craig, when I was watching Book of Boba Fett, that when that、um, I don't know if you've all watched it. I'm sure you have. The, when you saw the Bantha walking facewood on, it was like a really drawn out of your face with its beard and everything. His big sad lips. <laughs> Just this great big Craig head. That's all I saw. Okay, so、yeah. maybe in the enhanced, you could kind of stretch your head over the top of the banter and make it transparent. I'd like that. Where was I though? We were introducing people. Who else is with us? We got Jez. Good evening, Jez. Good evening, Stu. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everyone. And we've got Dan Burgess. Good evening, Dan. Good evening. Vintage. We're back. As always, boys,、um, we start 2022. We don't normally talk about our purchases, but in previous shows, we have all been bringing an item to the table. Now, as it is the first show of 2022, I've asked you for the item you bring to the table to be discussed tonight. Is your favourite purchase of 2021 when it comes to vintage? I'm pretty sure I know what Jez is going to bring, so we'll go to him first. Jez, purchase <laughs> of 2021. Go on, and what do you think it is? I reckon you're going to bring your four pack. Yeah, that is true. I could have gone for. When I say I could have gone for so many different things, it was a little bit slim pickings, so that would have been an exaggeration in the highest order. But yeah, it's my four pack because that was a massive treat, and it's still something which I look at and just take great satisfaction from it. So it's my Italian four pack, which is made up of Squidhead, Emperor's Royal Guard, B-wing pilot, and the ATST driver, and complete with its Italian four pack header. Now the、uh, the header has now come unglued from the four carded figures, but it's fine because I can I can see that it's completely original because there's this sort of telltale glue marks where the header card 
keeps all of them together. I'm still waiting to get an acrylic case for it, which I think will really make it stand out, really make it pop. I mean, the, um, the subtle thing, which, you know, this sort of learned collector will be aware, is the Emperor's Royal Guard on a Trilogo card bag is extremely hard to find, very well sought after, and um, commands quite a fair price on its own. Uh, but I managed to get this. It was still the most amount I've ever spent on tolls, but it it's just, you know, almost takes pride of collection, pride of place. That purchase, which I believe was on about the 14th of May, yeah, it's a standout one for me. I think it was a big investment, but it was a, I don't want to say wise investment because, you know, I'm not a dealer, but I've just seen the header card sell on its own. I don't know if you guys saw that in the last few days on deal or no deal a header card in slightly better condition than my header card but a loose header card nonetheless sold for a thousand dollars when when i looked at the this sort of constituent parts of this and, and i was trying to figure out from a value point of view it was christian who suggested that the header card was probably worth about 300 to 400 pounds so it, it just goes to show that these things the price are just going up and up and up i love it i really do i love it a lot more than i thought i would do and all things considered, that makes it extra special. Nice, and uh, I know that it's a, a standout piece. So that, that was good fun back in the summer day when you were going back and forth at the shop and you were attending yeah. photos. Oh, what's it worth? What's it worth? It was just such a big sort of treat yourself moment where, I mean, as I said before, I couldn't afford it. So I ended up moving three carded figures on, which enabled me to purchase it, built the fund up, built my little wall chest of cash. So I sold three carded figures, got four in an Italian four pack. I mean, for me, it was just, uh, yeah, it was a no brainer because those individual ones which are sold, I could slowly get back piece by piece. But how often do you see an Italian four pack for sale in a shop in Reading? But it was, uh, that was a day where I involved you all sort of, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Contacting Christian, contacting Grant. Good day, good times, good vintage. Um, hopefully you'll have another story like that this year. Fingers crossed for you, okay? Mm, Next time, you. take it. Take your car to be serviced in a different town this year. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm going to come over to you now, Dan, to see what you've, you've chosen, because I know that you're mainly modern these days and you've actually gone off vintage items, so. It has been slim pickings this year. I mean, the first half of the year was purely hot toys so i won't go into that now but the second half i've been upgrading a lot of box ships and bits and pieces but the only thing i've really added to my collection i'm, I'm happy we're really pleased i've added is a, a clipper mailer box darth vader it doesn't sound a great deal but I, I was looking at these a few years ago and people were asking for 120 130 150 quid i don't know what they go for now but i found this one on ebay 60 quid mislisted bid on it thinking that you know everyone was going to come pouring in at the end no one did so i got it for a steal for 60 quid it's got the tapes dried out so it's opened um but the box is in mint condition the figure's still sealed and it's baggy i've got a nice acrylic case off christian for it and it's just sitting on my top shelf with a, with a couple of other mailers i'm really happy with that i haven't really got a story to it other than that been slim pickings but yeah that, that, that's the one piece i've added that i really i've really enjoyed nice and craig yeah so i've picked something that has got i think it's got a nice little story to it and it's something that started a chain of events and also something that illustrates a little bit about what we're going to talk about later so i'm um, going back to april last year pete vilmer listed a number of things for sale on the collecting star wars beyond the toys facebook group and if you don't know who pete vilmer is he is a senior writer at lucasfilm he's also the head of fan relations but he's also a big collector and i associate him with some of the more esoteric and unusual bits of star wars ephemera that uh, that crops up 
I mean, he's quite the uh, historian and quite quite the archivist. Anyway, he's relatively uh, active member of the group, and he put a number of things up for sale in one post. There was a unusual like vintage Vader patch. There was a Del Rey promotional piece for the Empire Strikes Back novel. And there was also this Factors jewellery flyer, specifically the earrings and the charm bracelet. So what this thing was, it was a sort of A4-ish, one-sided colour flyer, all based on the Hildebrandt poster artwork. But it featured full store displays of a range of earrings and bracelets that were made by Wangeroff and distributed by factors and it also featured sort of all the trade details numbers you got in a case and, and those kind of things so it's a really really cool item and you know, over the last couple of years i've been putting together a run of this jewelry i bought some bits of it in a job lot and we're really taken with it it's incredibly well made and detailed and something that had been on my radar for years but i'd never really studied but yeah i was starting to put a little run of this stuff together and i had one store display at this point for the uh, for the key rings but I thought this ad framed up in that display would set things off really nicely. So I bought this flyer through the Facebook group for $60. Lovely, very happy. And the story could have ended there. But Grant obviously spotted that I'd bought this thing. And it's a shame he's there on uh, on the show tonight because he could, he could chip in with his side of the story. But at that time, he was having a bit of a sort out at home and his hot toy mania was kicking in properly so he offered me the very display that was depicted in the flyer at a very fair price so i i snapped his hand off for it and that's the unboxing you can watch at uh, generationskywalker.com where as i open it it comes apart in my hand so <laughs> you get to see parts of this earring store display that maybe has never been uh, published online before so uh, worth a look but i went a bit mad buying job lots of, of earrings to fill it and i think grant was not not impressed but it clearly got him thinking that i was more likely to attempt to fill in these kinds of displays uh, than he was um so not long after he offered me his uh, rotating carousel which displays the character pendants from the this range of jewelry and also the stick pin display so so in one year i got like three incredibly desirable and you know rare especially over in the uk because they're they're american pieces you know they've got great period typography they look amazing as a set and i'm really having fun buying all the little bits to just show them off at their best so you know shout outs also to todd chamberlain and richard temple who are helping me with that challenge but that's I think, you know, a highlight of my year to to sort of have this one purchase that quickly spiralled into uh, several others. Great, great tale. And um, we're going to be talking about the importance of networking. Like you just said, your friends are always there where you're going to get your best best deals from. Great, great, great story, Craig. A great, great pickup. Have you completed it yet? Have you filled it yet? Not 100%, but... I've I tag you with everything it. I see off that range. <laughs> yeah, I've had everything off you. <laughs> No, I've, I've bought a few job lots. They're not hard things to find, uh, and the prices are pretty consistent. But it's when you factor in the shipping because a lot of it's over in the states. So I try and buy, try and buy it in bulk when I can. So there's still a handful of bits to get still. Craig, I don't mean to be vulgar. What was the brand? So the brand was Factors. Yeah, no, there, there was another. You said uh, so. So Weingaroff. So my understanding is that the Weingaroff made this jewellery, and it was Factors who distributed it. Wine so you girl. sometimes see it listed as Weingaroff. You sometimes see it as Factors. You often see it just listed under 20th Century Fox because that's the only notable marking once it's uh, removed from any sort of packaging. No so, uh, Stuart, what about you? 
do you know what i looked through actually i bought um when i went back and looked i bought a lot of vintage last year i wanted to buy 12 mint on cards i think i hit about 15 and obviously i bought that i bought the land speeder when i was with you craig in warwick the yeah the takara diecast land speeder which was part of jim stevenson's collection which which is lovely that's a lovely place but near the end of the year i say near the end of the year i think it was a October. I've always loved the Wallace Berry and Co. Vader display. You must might have seen it with the Vader head, and then it holds all the the medals, the rings, and the pendants. Um, there's 24 holes in the front. I don't know how many deep it goes to fill it, but I've always liked that display. And, and Grant gave me a, a little shout out and said, "Oh, there's one for sale." And it ha- had a, a slight bit of damage on the back, and it's got a very very slight hole in the front top corner. But this display, I mean, in this day and age, displays are selling for a lot of money. I managed to get it off him for 165 dollars. It worked out 120 quid but obviously it was in the states so you've got this plastic thing coming through the thing um it took a while to package it up but it packaged it up in a great big tv box a great great item but i was reading about wallace berry and co i didn't know anything about the company so I founded in 1966 general company and then a then a bloke traveled to belgium and found the payo smurfs remember the payo smurfs and he took yep. them back this was 1976 took them back to america and with the help of wallace berry and co they took them to the states to sell and they kind of got into those licenses and eventually uh, wallace berry and co got in with um smurfs they did the california raisins do you remember the california raisins yeah yeah we're responsible for them flintstone star trek star wars all these different licenses but then they got bought out by applause i wondered what had happened to them but applause bought out wallace berry so I didn't realise applause had gone gone in 2004. After the death of the CEO, they went into bankruptcy. And it was actually Russ Berry who then rebought applause name in the bankruptcy auction. So applause is still around, isn't it? I don't know what they if they do too much with Star Wars these days. I wasn't too sure, but I do remember in the um around the turn of the millennium there being quite a few applause things for sale when it comes to Star Wars. Dan, is there still applause items? I don't know. I know they were responsible for things like the the food promotions um when phantom men's was out for things like taco bell kfc the kellogg's all those kind of toys that was all related to them but um i've not seen any star wars anything with applause in it but i will have a look i just wondered after the death when the company changed in 2004 whether applause had ever had the star wars license or whether the bloke that bought them had um had moved it into another direction but i'm just googling now and it's it's the there's a lot of things like ceramic mugs and stuff like that isn't there but nothing recent it's all that like you say terminal turn of the millennium stuff so i don't think yeah those ceramic mugs years. i remember buying i think they were out with like the special editions and stuff weren't they yeah yeah tuna one yeah so there you go I, I love that item although i thought if i took a shelf out it would fit in my display but it's still too tall so um at the moment it's just laying down well i can recommend to you the ikea the, the picture racks you know the the, the rails everyone's got the, yes. the white one and the brown they do an acrylic one and it's the perfect size really good i'll uh, i'll send you a link in a picture and i've also got a um a set i can help you out with have you got is it full have you got many in it? i haven't got any yet mate i've um i, right. Joe, well, I think i've got one or two in storage somewhere but yeah i've got to try to fill it i think i'll only go one deep and put something behind them i've got one i got some sponge cut you know those places that do the um foam cut to size yeah i, t- I took them in the dimension so you've got this little uh fake bit which is lightweight and it just uh everything sticks in perfectly so uh yeah it's a good, good solution good idea yeah very good idea but um yeah some great items boys uh been a good year really when we look back especially with the prices of vintage where are you Artu, you're on fire! Artu, D2, you found a cigarette! 
Well, I don't think smoking is grown up at all. Because it's very dangerous. Smoking does dreadful things to your lungs. And it is very bad for your heart. Well, I know I don't have one, but humans do. And I think we should set a good example. Well done, R2. Oh, hello. You know smoking is bad for your health. And it isn't grown up at all. So please, don't smoke. R2, do you really think I don't have a heart? Already this year, we've had an auction. C&T auctions kick the toy selling year off. And it was an interesting auction. Someone was selling a collection and they did have every figure on a type of card the cards are all randomly placed so we will get into that in a minute but craig before we start i'm going to come over to you who are cnt auctions yeah well we talk a lot about vectis and we talk about prop store cnt less so although i think we have covered uh, one of their auctions in the past uh, they're a kemp-based auction house with quite the pedigree so they started around 2013 and they specialize in vintage toys and militaria and they've got quite the team of specialist experts on the payroll. And here's a fun fact I found out earlier when I was researching them. Their toy soldier and figure guy is a chap called James Opie. And he is the brother of Robert Opie, who owns the Museum of Brands down in London. And who compiled all those books of, you know, you used to get those books about British ephemera that were popular in the late 90s and early 2000s. I'm sure you saw them, like the 1970s scrapbook and that kind of stuff. He's the guy behind that, which I thought was quite interesting. And as far as I know, the only person in the country that owns a full bag of outer spaces with the Star Wars promotion on them. So anyway, that's a sidetrack. Um, <laughs> what what, what a fact that is. Where did you dig that up from? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just saw his name and I thought, you know what, that's quite an unusual name, isn't it? So I found uh, an obituary for their parents who were quite renowned folklorists and uh, scholars of nursery rhymes and things. And yeah, you know, they, they're all they're all connected. Anyway, that's by the by. Quality outfit, good track record. I spoke to a couple of my dealer friends and the CNT have a good reputation. They turn up some outstanding items and they often set their uh, their auctions with uh, with no reserves. So they're they're looked on very well by the uh, by the trading community. I'm always surprised that I mean Vectus. I suppose they have Nick Dykes who does their their valuing, so he does push them a little bit across across groups. But you never see like CNT come onto the Star Wars groups and say, "Oh, we've got this auction with these items." I didn't realise it was on until Grant had posted something in one of our threads. I think they did the big auction, didn't they? Was it last? Probably last. Well, say last. It was in 2020, I think March time. It was a, a guy who used to own a toy shop. I think you we, you covered it when you did the show around the time. And yeah, I mean that was the first indication that lockdown was causing like, prices to go crazy. I think I've been on their mailing list since, but. I do so many kind of non-related Star Wars auctions it just went under my radar I probably jumped dropped into a junk folder I completely missed it as well well they're not predominantly toys aren't they they're across the board mm-hmm. so well Dan you're talking okay so it was an interesting auction Dan it started off slowly we were saying oh there's some bargains and then it went totally the other way so I've asked you to take a, a look at the auction give us a bit of a report of what was available what was interesting what was overpriced what was underpriced what the condition was like and uh, so I'm going to hand over to you okay so there was yeah there was a, a, a complete mix bag of stuff so we had a, we saw a lot of loose figures a lots of job lots of loose figures and it was really strange how they organized them as well so rather than kind of having you know lots of mixed lots of different figures they grouped the figures together so i think there was one lot with 22 ewoks in it that went for 280 quid there was some paplus and i think rombas in there as well but none of the figures were complete lots of similar auctions like that they had, they had one auction had like 16 gamorian guards and another lot had 12 chewbacca's so they had all yeah i think they would have 
probably done better to mix them up a bit. There was five loose yak faces. They went for, uh, obviously, individual lots. They went for around 220 quid each, so 277 with fees, so not too bad. And there was another lot of first 12. It would be good to get your guys' view on this. So that went for 280 pounds, so that would have been 350 with fees. So that was all 12 figures. I think it was missing an Imperial Blaster and a Jawa Blaster. Other than that, it was a full run of 12 figures. Do you think that's a good price, 350 quid nowadays for those? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. So I thought that was that was that was probably one of the ones that stood out to me as being a, a decent lot of, of loose figures. And then there was some um lots of loose vehicles. So in various conditions, I don't think many of them were complete. So you could take a punt. I think there was one lot that had a Falcon and an Atat, a Scout Walker and a couple of other bits went for about 120 quid. So if you pieced out the spare parts, you'd easily make your money back on that, I think. But if you were looking to complete them, there wasn't many shots of inside the vehicle. So wasn't clear how complete they were and there was lots of lots like that I, I think the main event was the was the mint on cards though that was what um I mean, we were certainly looking at in terms of um some of the standouts there was a number of return of the jedi 65 backs uh, palatoy ones I've, I've got a few here that i didn't i couldn't find any previous sales to compare to but just on talking to people it was it was clear they were they were some of the rarer ones so there was a return of the jedi 45 back power droid that went under the hammer at uh, 1850 so about two 2,300 with fees. I was told by a couple of individuals that that's an extremely rare card back to find. That's why it achieved the price that it did. Uh, there was a Greedo. Oh, you probably are not up, Stu. Uh, again, a Return of the Jedi 65 back this one. Really nice condition with a Tesco price sticker on it. And that went for 1,450, so about 1,800 with fees. That's actually a, the hybrid, isn't it? Yeah. The back of the car was the Tri-Logo, which wasn't mentioned yeah. in the description. I was quite surprised at that because the hybrid is quite sought after compared to a, a standard return of the jedi and I was, I was quite surprised it wasn't mentioned in the description I, I noticed that on all of the hybrids is that not one that you've got then i've got that one here it's the first card i bought for my focus but it wasn't mentioned and I, was, I was absolutely shocked at the price it was really slow going up and it just didn't stop though did it yeah and it, it was quite a few like that wasn't it they just kept it you see it was just i mean i had the sound on my laptop and i was sat there working with it in the background and it was just going ping 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 it was just rapid fire how's um, it going Ping, 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 ping. <laughs> then we got Return of the Jedi 65 back Boba Fett. Again, no, no, nothing um, to find on, on Tracker to compare it to, but that went for £2,000, which seems like pretty standard fare for a Boba Fett figure. But then when you think there's no other examples of that, I'm surprised it didn't go for more. So that was 2500 that one went for. And then a Luke Farm Boy, that went for 1450 Again, that was a 65 back. I couldn't find any examples of that other than one on eBay that went £375 back in June 2020. That's still a massive increase on what it had been, you know, 18 months ago. Other examples where I could find prices to go back and look at uh, on Tracker. I've basically picked out, picked out 20 figures that, that sold on the day and I've got a little bit of a spreadsheet going. So I've got the hammer price at CNT. I've got the highest price on Tracker. I've got the last sale price on Tracker and I've got Tracker's average price over the last three years. So in terms of one that was at or around kind of the, the average price, there wasn't there wasn't much there. You've got the, there was a Darth Vader uh, 12 back. That went for £480, and the last sale on Tracker was 448 So it felt like that was at or around the right price. But when you add factor in the fees as well, it's, it blows it out of the water. So you're looking at about 2% mark in terms of an increase. And then as you move down that list, it just gets crazy. 
So I've just put out a few examples. If you wanted to go into this a bit more detail, we can. So there was a Return of the Jedi 65 back, standard Kenner card. So it's just the, it isn't the alternative photo of Vader or anything like that. It's the standard Vader image on a Kenner 65 back. That went for 500 pounds under the hammer. The average price on Tracker for that for the last three years is 183 pounds. So you're looking at 173% increase on the average. And the the, the highest price on Tracker up until this this one on uh, uh, CNT was 225 pounds. So I, I have no idea what drove that up as much as it did. Has anyone else got any any thoughts on that? People not being aware of Tracker. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just, away. it's just insane. I mean, there's so many examples like that. So even like the, the, the and again, if you guys want to shoot me down in flames and tell me any of these are hybrids, then then feel free to jump in because I'm not I'm not up on all of that. But there was a, a Palatoy Return of the Jedi 65 back again, Lando Skiff, went for £220. All of the ones on tracker, the average price over the last three years for those have been £79. Yeah. And the highest priced example is 136 So again, you're looking at 178% increase on the average. I mean, that um, is peculiar. The, the hybrid, the Greedo, which you mentioned earlier, you know, that's easy to spot from the front, even without seeing the rear, uh, just because the difference between the 45 and the 65 with the additional text at the top right-hand corner. You know, these things you can spot. So that that kind of gives it that away. But still, yeah, some of these prices, I think there may well, it would be interesting to know if there was some local um, sort of evening post type local press announcements about this to stir up local interest where people were actually able to go there and just get caught up in the whole thing. You know, I had a friend of mine who just randomly sent me a sort of WhatsApp photograph of a newspaper the following or a couple of days later saying, you know, all these toys which have been bought for 49p selling for thousands of pounds. It is out there in the press. Mm. I think we're just used to seeing stuff advertised digitally. And um, that might be why I wasn't aware of it, because I don't have time for, for paper, for for newspapers anymore or anything like that yeah going back to it if they had advertised it a lot better who knows what these prices would have reached as you know it only takes two people to bump them up i just call out there's a few more i just want to highlight on here so there was a again another kenner card 65 back chewy again doesn't look anything special average price on that has been around 140 pound mark the realized price and this was 420 so you're looking at a 200 percent increase on the average a um emperor's royal guard this is one of one of the Palatoy 65 backs went for 520 under the hammer average price on that has been 137 so 280 percent increase on that one a trilogo b-wing that went for 360 the average price on those and there's lots of those on track they've been around 87 pounds so about a 314 percent increase on that uh the biker scout there was a Palatoy Biker Scout that went for 640. You're looking at an average on that on Tracker for the last three years of 151 pounds. So a 324% increase on that one. So if you were to go and buy all of the 20 figures that I've listed at, at CNT, they would have cost you 12,820 pounds with fees, 16 grand. If you'd have gone and bought them at the average prices over the last three years, you'd have got them for six thousand, just over six thousand pounds. Wow! So it's like double bubble. There you go. It's just yeah, it's just insane. I couldn't believe. It. I, I knew some of the prices were high, but I did think about cutting out twenty nineteen and just going for twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. But I thought it gives you a better a better spread of what's actually happening in in the hobby. Did you say biker scout? So when I look at the biker scout on the sixty five back, so in the last six months. If you if I just shut it down to six months mm. on all, which is both graded and ungraded, so you see yeah. right how many have gone? Uh, yeah. Just the one at three hundred and seventy-two. So so you know it's getting closer to that hammer yeah. price, and maybe people have. The trouble is, I think what we've got here 
you, you'll always find it the flash in the pan collectors those collectors who are so impatient who have just rocked up on the scene and and want to hoover everything up as quickly as they can and uh, maybe they would have just looked at this and gone oh yeah it's the only one I, i've only seen one in the last six months and that went for 370 and all you need is two people thinking the same thing and that's what's driving it up the other number i pulled out then was the was the highest the, or the highest auction in the last three yeah. years at so a highest price and compared that to the cnt yeah and you're still looking at about a 17 percent increase and and some of those ended a couple of years ago that they, they don't come up that often others have ended there was a big auction i think in november at vectis and a lot of these prices in my highest price column have come from that auction for these 65 back palatoys but yeah this this on a, in a lot of cases the the auction the other day trouts the, the vectis auction the one that was a little bit lower, though, I think, was the was, was Jack Face. He didn't have a bigger increase as we've seen. So that one was actually cheaper at CNT than it was at Vectus. The one that sold at Vectus in November was seventeen hundred. The one that sold at CNT was sixteen hundred and fifty. That that was but, beautiful condition. The one at CNT, that Yak Face. I think most of the most of these well, they weren't ladies. They, they were good condition. Yeah. I think Grant raised the point about is this people buying them to send them off for grading. So I think there's 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 a possibility some of it's that. Yeah, I just thought that yak. I was I was watching it at the time when that came up, and I thought, oh, that's a is in absolutely stunning condition. Prices we've seen this for the last two years since uh, since COVID hit. I mean, we were in a high price anyway, and now we're just seeing this. You you can't predict the prices, can you? It is just all over the place. It, it, they're so high, but we are living at a time where the cost of living is going through the roof. I don't know how certain people who are on the breadline and that are going to be able to afford to cover things like their household bills, their food bills, their fuel bills. Gas and electric is is easily doubling. So, Jez, I'm going to come to you just just with that in mind. Do you think this will finally have an effect on vintage? Do you think people will need to sell? Do you think people won't have, as this year goes on, they won't have that uh, spare income because of rising bills? Yeah, I've been looking at the cost of living and uh, various little articles which have been coming out of the Institute for Fiscal Studies just saying that they think inflation to the year, April 22, is in fact expected to be around 6%. Yeah, things going up quite a bit. As you say, the cost of fuel in particular is going up. Fuel increases aside, you know, COVID itself, what we're seeing here is is a divide, I think, and a, and a separation with regards to poverty line, but also people doing very well for themselves. We've seen that over the last couple of years that there are some people who have really, really struggled and therefore maybe some things are going out on the market and, the, and there's more things going on the market. But also at the same time, there's some people who are doing very well out of the current situation. You know, if people aren't going on holiday, they might have a little bit more spare cash. They then do some work on their house or get builders to do this or, 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 you know, improve their lives in other ways, which are then given people of certain professions additional income. You know, you can't get hold of an electrician around here. You can't get hold of a um, of a carpenter. And I don't think that's anything to do with Brexit necessarily. I think that's just because they've got so much work on, you know, plumbers. So because of that, there are some people who have got a lot of money at the moment and some people who don't have any. So what am I getting at? I'm getting at the market will still continue to have things going in it. And I think prices are still likely to continue. Some businesses are doing very well. Whereas, you know, for example, if you're a taxi driver, you're probably not doing as well. So I'm looking at some of these Facebook groups at the moment and and prices which are going out. And I've been shocked to my core. I've seen stuff today which has gone out. I'm like, (laughs) what? You know, yeah. Mm, Yeah. Okay, so so good points there, boys, and uh, a great overview of that auction, Daniel. So thank you all for that. 
Come along, R2. Don't be so silly. You can't possibly be getting whooping cough. Droids don't get diseases like whooping cough or measles or polio. But children do. If a young child gets whooping cough, it can lead to pneumonia, brain damage, even death. All you need is a little rewiring. But children need to be fully immunized. And alas, so many are not. All right, R2, I'll ask them. Parents of Earth, are your children fully immunized against childhood diseases? Call your doctor or local health department and find out. Immunize your children, please. And may the force be with you. Send for the Parent's Guide to Childhood Immunization. It's yours free. Write Immunization, Pueblo, Colorado, 81009. So boys, I want to go on to our main topic for this show. Craig's just told us a story in the intro where networking was vitally important. So we're going to look at the importance of networking tonight, especially with the way that the vintage collecting is now. It's got a vast following now and you don't see the rare items come up very often. And sometimes the best way of getting these big items is by building networks. So we're going to discuss networking. Um, so first of all, why is networking so important within Star Wars collecting? You know, we have to face reality that some people like to keep themselves to themselves. However, those people who keep themselves to themselves and are sort of black hole collectors, they're still probably very well networked. We may well have networks which are quite public, and then there will be some sort of closed inner circle type networks where, you know, if you're in it, you're in it. But from my point of view, we are generally social human beings. And part of it, we've seen and we've spoken about this at Farthest From, part of the joy of being there was being around like-minded people and just looking out for each other. You know, people tagging people in sales, which they see. And it's, you know, it's one of those reciprocal things. And it and it doesn't need to be reciprocal. It's just the way it works out that way that people are like, oh, so-and-so just tagged me. Oh, I must remember about that. What what does this guy like? You know, and people are tagging. Craig tags me. I, Craig, tag. We, we, we tag each other. And it's just a way of spreading the joy and spreading the and yeah the enjoyment the involvement when i look at some of the um, networking things which we've done in the past you know just the way in which we've all formed together and gone off on father's drums and gone off to celebrations that's then enhanced when we were doing the vintage rebellion podcast at the beginning of that we would have never had ron and chris g come on the podcast and, and have a monthly segment then after networking get on with them it, celebration stuff yeah they joined in and, and they came along for it you know lee harris this is a global thing now you know what the the networking is enabling us to go off you know networking allows then even not just individuals but movements you know the tantive guys as a forum they've been massively supportive of so many different things and they keep an eye out for people you know there, there are so many different things <laughs> our, our friend ian sanderson networking with him like a like a trooper back when he was in the uk and now he's he's our man in the field isn't he he's he's constantly looking out for people i think dan and um Stu in particular <laughs> to send stuff back you know networking i met sean moynihan and we were chatting in in a bar in london at uh europe celebration europe too three years later i'm staying at his house on staten island as part of the new york marathon you know this this networking not only is it good for the collection it's good for the heart it's good for the soul it's good for it's good for it all it's good for mental health man it's just um <laughs> i'm rambling <laughs> but it's just uh, it's part of my enjoyment for sure it is really important as collectors of anything and it's never been easier and we can unpick that a little bit today 
because it's um it's there you know we've got the groups we've got uh the ability to zero in on people who who share some very niche interests i think out of everybody here tonight i've probably been doing it the longest when i first started doing this it was very physical and it was very in person um centered around shows centered around picking the phone up and you know by nature i'm actually quite a shy individual i ask myself why i do this to myself every time we sit down and record it's not in my nature to sort of put myself out there in a situation so i remember being at toy shows and and just you know being a little bit tentative you know mark's tales and he's he's not on tonight but mark's got these tales of when he used to do the toy fairs back in the day and i must have bought something from him you know but i rarely would have stopped and, and chatted and i think yeah i recognized very early on that I needed to get involved and push myself forward. I can remember one very, very clear occasion, and it was at a collector mania in Milton Keynes and meeting and talking to Darren Simpson. And I recognised him from other shows, and we we sort of bonded at this this one particular show about early UK items. And he became my little friend. He became my little friend in the Star Wars community. And it made me feel like it wasn't just a solo sport, you know. But it was eBay. It was eBay that really kick-started me getting to know people online. And one guy in particular, he's he's no longer active on the scene. Uh, but back in the day, probably early 2000s, you could bid for things on eBay. And it was before they started hiding the names. So you could see that you were bidding on uh, on items against the same people over and over again. And this one guy took the, you know, took the first step, took the initiative to contact me and say, look, yeah, we're always bidding each other up. There must be things you want that, that I've got, vice versa. So we ended up exchanging a lot of emails. We found this little kindred spirit and we'd, we'd, we'd sort of talk about all this stuff. And then we, we agreed to meet and it was like my first internet blind date. And I remember telling people at work, oh yeah, I've got this photo shoot down in London and I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to come back straight. Away. I'm going to meet this, this Star Wars fan that I got talking to on the internet. And I was going, can you, can you ring me when you get home? <laughs> make sure you're safe it was uh it wasn't the done thing and now we have like i say facebook groups we've, we've been through the age of the forums you guys are more active on the forums than i than i ever was but you know there's no excuses for anybody now not to have a, a, a network i love that story that's so <laughs> cool isn't it it's really really good really good obviously it does help your collecting if someone points you in the right direction of somewhere but it's also the knowledge as well i mean even you know we've been doing this two years and mount i've learned not just about out modern things but vintage things and we're always finding new things and pointing them out to each other and asking questions and stuff that you wouldn't you wouldn't get in isolation i don't think you, you wouldn't pick that knowledge up no Is i have it? so more fun having people to enjoy this with than, than when i would just go around and buy things and put it in my room and sit there like some sad lonely nerd <laughs> yeah i mean i i was kind of the same as you craig but i just kicked off with ebay i went to a couple of toy shows and picked a few things up it was ebay that really got me going but again you're still solitary in a lot of ways doing that and it it wasn't until I got on the forums like 2013, I've been at it for 13 years nearly by then, that kind of the social aspect of it and really kicked in. I'm a, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> I got there in the end. It's um, it's strange, isn't it? I can remember getting back into collecting. I bought a, I wasn't looking to buy anything. I was, I was buying something else on eBay. And when I looked at this, this person lived around the corner from my parents' house. And when I looked up uh, up what other things they had for sale, they had an ATAT. And I went around and I bought the ATAT and I came home and I can remember my wife's face. She was just like, oh no, not again. That, that inspired me. I don't, I hadn't long had my son he was a new i thought i'm gonna buy him a few toys ready for when he's a bit older so uh, i found this bloke locally again who was selling a falcon 
I headed over to Canterbury. I arranged to pick it up rather than think. I turn up at this bloke's house and he's got tubs and tubs of figures on his table. I bought a few bits off him. And then I think a month later, I went back and bought a few more figures and stuff off him. And then I uh, I never went back there again. We started up the Vintage Rebellion. And I can remember him bumping into him. And he goes, oh, uh, he goes, you used to come around my house and... Uh, and buy stuff off me and it was it was matt fox you know the bloke who does the uh who does the tour with his toys exhibition um, guy yeah, yeah it, it was him and uh, i've been at his house a couple of times buying stuff and he just got boxes of spares and stuff but it is it is strange and um i've seen him since i mean he he uh he goes around schools with some robot thing that does does wonderful science stuff and he's been at my son's school i've bumped into him in the playground on school run just little connections like that you know and uh they're the best they're the best connections i mean our, our little thread alone i mean this comment in there every day i mean today grant has showed us his box of 200 crisp packets <laughs> which um, i nearly ended up with spares <laughs> yeah i saw saw you quickly darted out of that one but, <laughs> yeah thanks but yeah <laughs> but you're right the, the networks and friendships are what make the hobby so let, let's i mean you've, you've given us an example in the intro craig yeah. let, let's all i mean we must all have stories about about networking and when it's benefited us turn around and look at your collections and- <laughs> i'll give you one so it's, it's to do with us again though so was it last year or the year before when we bought all the the deco paper plates and serviettes and you know we spotted it clubbed in together and we won the auction and lit up between us so we everybody got what they want but probably at a fraction of the price that kind of maneuvers yeah. another another benefit of a network like a syndicate buying a resource yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah it's good fun isn't it? we did the same with the tiki's didn't we We bought all the tiki's over we, we jobbed in for those together and got more shipped over in one lot and it probably cost us double that if we'd have gone our own individual ways on those just getting to know people one friend of the podcast mark hockley i can remember the first couple of fathers from kind of I'm quite quiet when I first meet someone. I know that might be surprising, but you know, generally, generally I am okay. I was, I've always been quite quiet with strangers until I know, I know them, and I can kind of gather who, what they're like, and um, so you can abuse them, you mean? Probably, yeah, yeah. Until I'm comfortable. If I'm abusing you, Dan, it means I'm comfortable in your, in your presence. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that must mean that you really like me. <laughs> <laughs> So just someone like Mark Hockley, I only have only got to know him through Father's From and through interviewing him on TVR. But now whenever I go to Father's From, I walk past this store and if, I fa- if I've seen something I like and if it's still at the end of the day, it's like, I'll just take it. Pay me when you can. I mean, you don't just do that to a stranger. And then I come home and I've, I've, I've got something and he's just like, oh, for Christ's sake, now I've got to pay for it. And I, ha- I hate having it over my head. But just those relationships. If Grant was here, I think he's always got 30 payment plans on the go with people. He's been around the hobby a long time. But having those relationships where people say, OK, you know, I'll give you a payment plan. Mark gives you payment plans, but he lets you take the item before you've even made one payment. One of the great things about networking is knowing that you can share your joy with other like-minded people and they'll get it. You know, if we all buy something just a little bit out there, a little bit crazy or something which is really important to us, it's just nice to be able to, to share that with people. And, and not in a sort of show off, check me out, look what I got. But right, case in point, 2013, when I had my loft find discovery in my mum and dad's house, where I was reunited with about half the figures which I must have had as a kid. I thought when I got rid of them, I got rid of all of them. But no, I found them in a loft and it was just one by one. It was just, hang on a second, what's that? And, you know, found one, then did a bit more searching, found another, found another. And then before you know it, I, 
I found, you know, 26 figures and hot one speeder bike, etc. And I was so over the moon, so giddy. First thing I did was contact you guys and just say, hey, look at this, because I know that you'll be so pleased. And uh, uh, and that's that, you know, so that's an element of our, it's more the friendship rather than networking side. But, oh, mate, I've got so many examples of where networking is, is worked out positively for me. If I look at the key things in my collection, I can track them back to situations that were other than a straight deal. And that's going back to about the early days of eBay. I learned very quickly that it wasn't just about the interaction for the, the object you were buying and that a lot of times you could get in a conversation with people have you got anything else that you know that's like this that you're planning to list and they'd invariably come back and go well, actually yeah there's, there's this and there's that i mean that the letter set display box that i have which is one of my prized possessions came from a scenario like that and i can't remember what i bought but we we got chatting afterwards and uh they said oh, i've got this you might be interested in so it was bought you know away from ebay but it was it was a consequence of just keeping talking and just being social and chatting about hobby yeah i can point at that and go I, that would never have got listed that was, that was a direct result of of networking in a very minor way networking light you know i wasn't trying to work my ticket or do this strategically i think there are people out there who yeah. do do that <laughs> there are people who are your friend because they, they, you might be handy down the line um and i'm sure we all know people like that but yeah a lot of things around me i can attribute to situations like that I've, I've, i remember going into metropolis toys quite early on before i really knew chris but we'd, we'd had at least one conversation about the fact that while he was very into premium high-grade toys i was into the sort of weirder stuff that no one really liked and i remember going to the shop one day and he go oh something came in the other day i saved it for you because i thought you might be into it and he pulled out these two full thomas salter rub down transfer displays that he'd got from a old news agent and it's like wow <laughs> i felt like i'd made it the fact that a dealer had had something in the back room that he was saving for me so yeah lots of little examples not just you know online stuff either you know some of it in person you're absolutely right you you, you were just saying it as it was coming to me that I haven't seen it as networking. I've seen it as just normal sort of enthusiastic social skills with other people <laughs> and, you know, sharing that, you know, we're, we're not on our own Star Wars vintage LinkedIn group or anything like that. I mean, I'm not even on LinkedIn. That's how <laughs> networking I, I don't do. But I, I, as I said, I could give you so many examples. I mean, a lovely one here is out the blue on February the 14th last year, I had a Facebook message by a gentleman called Dave Phillips. Hi, Jess, Dave Phillips here in Wellington, New Zealand. Uh, anyway, I've been chatting with Grant Criddle as I'm looking to sell some bits. He mentioned that you were after something to get the buzz back. I'd obviously been a sort of little bit post-Christmas blues, not a great deal of disposable cash. And I was like, oh, I need, I need something. He goes on to say, so if you're keen, I'm sure I can find something. I do have some Helix stuff. Well, lots really. Depends what you're after. Think of it like a virtual private pick of my collection. If you see something you like, we can do a deal. And he's the gentleman who I ended up getting a um, rather cheap Helix Death Star pencil sharpener, but without the base. So it was just the globe. And when he sent it, he sent an Ewok with it as well. In my Ewok village, which I'd recently purchased. And that was great. So this guy just contacted me out of the blue through another mutual networked friend, Grant, who picked up on the fact that I was probably after something, did a little bit of something behind my back. And this guy, David, got in contact with me. You can't do that if you're not socialising or interacting on the other groups. I just thought that was a lovely, lovely little thing. Yeah, that's nice. 
Yeah, there's other stuff. What I wanted to do is is actually to give an honorary shout out earlier on when we were talking about our favourite vintage purchases of uh, 2021. Now, I didn't mention this. I had it on my list, but I didn't mention it because it was a purchase rather than sort of a, a latest acquisition, so to speak. And I have mentioned this in, in another show, but not not on the old fossils, which is farthest from I was presented with a parcel, which in it custom 12 inch large size action figure stormtrooper with a custom jez head on it and a and a hollowed out helmet with some stickers transfers on it for running stormtrooper now this had been kindly put together customized by clint garnis of ontario in canada who we've met you know on on the circuit through forums tantive and then it's star wars celebration you know he's always there just doing his customs and just being a, a great member a Star Wars collecting community. It's seen, you know, some silliness that I've been doing recently, running around dressed as a stormtrooper. I decided to send this as a gift. I mean, that just made my weekends. That you know, great, great times. And then um, on Facebook, you know, people might have seen Wendy Williams, who we actually know is called John, uh, the big Palatoy collector, who is massively into Palatoy. Now, I was after Luke X-wing on a Return of a Jedi card. You know, over forty-five or sixty-five on a on a Palatoy card, and uh, definitely wasn't in the market for a carded one per se. Needed to get the card back only because these things are so expensive. And I missed out on one, which I'd seen on eBay. And then the seller contacts me saying, are you Jez? Obviously, that wasn't my username, but he guessed um, that I was who I was. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's John, Palatoy Collector. I've got another one if you want. I'll, uh, I'll let you have that. It's a much nicer one. I'll let you have that for the same price. You know, so <laughs> just... Being out there and being part of the community, it's just it's just lovely. The whole running Stormtrooper thing started off by conversations and chatting with the Jedi News guys, you know, the Tracks guys. These things make it happen. It's, it's just nice to s- spread that joy, that whole celebration, and just to do some positive things. And it just does seem that there is so much of that within our community. I mean, crumbs, you look at the amount of positivity collecting charity stuff which the guys are doing it's i think networking is just too much of a clinical sort of sharp name i think this is just natural friendships occurring due to our sort of shared passion for star wars collecting yeah i agree i think there's an element of following your nose and saying yes to things and just put, pushing yourself out a little bit whereas maybe sometimes you wouldn't i mean everyone knows the story about how the helix thing kicked off with the replying to a tweet that's you know networking with a small n I, I think you know some of what we talked about is being an active member of our collecting community but then i think there's also the aspect of sort of being known as the star wars guy locally or in your family because i get a lot of i get a lot of stuff coming in from people who are outside the hobby going oh my cousin's got this poster can he send you like a picture of it and let, let me know what you think and, and one day one day it will be a genuine quad but <laughs> it's yet to happen but that sort of stuff you know it, it is part of it as well i'm sure you know something will land on my lap through that network if you like through the, through the network outside of uh, of our immediate you know peers i mean the helix pens weren't a, a bad example I and mean, that that comes from having a bit of a profile online so if someone googles helix pens I, I crop up somewhere in the listing along with other people but yeah i i think it's a finite pool passing things around each other but the pool is obviously potentially much larger when you go outside the gang uh, if you've got a you know a laser sharp focus on, on on a particular run of something or particular brand i mean when i was doing my empire run 
sometimes I was meeting up with Ian Sanderson and he was handing me six mocks at a, at a time. <laughs> if someone knows what you're after and you put yourself out there, chances are people will point you in the direction of it. There's one available or hold it back for you, give you first dibs. Here's a question for the group. So from time to time, I'll see things go up online saying, you know, looking to buy, want to buy. I've seen people do almost wanted ads that they, they create as, as social posts. I've never done it myself. Have you ever done anything like that? And has it ever turned anything up? Yes. So I, especially on the forum, so I used to have a running list of mint on cards I was looking for. And every so often I'd get a private message of a member I'd never spoken to. One in particular, I've got a Power of the Force and in Carbonite. I wanted it as part of my Empire focus. I'm not really into Power of the Force cards. It's the only one I've got. And I had that up for ages, that ad. And out of nowhere, this guy came up, 300 quid he wanted for it, graded 75. I'm not into graded, but it was a good price, so I took it. But a, a lot of the mint on cards I was getting when i was running that list i was getting loads of feedback on i put a couple of bits up recently i was looking i'm looking for a couple of cards back i'll probably speak about them at the end but never had any responses on facebook that it's probably worth just you know talking about that evolution as well i know you weren't big on the forums craig but how does everyone feel about facebook versus the forums when it comes to networking do you think it's better or, or worse i think it was more intimate on the forum and i felt like everyone knew everyone so everyone knew each other's business in a positive way yeah you know that's how the podcasts have been formed and that's how a lot of the friendships have been formed i can't keep up with everything and everyone on facebook of course i can't i like them both i, I do feel that i'm not i'm just not as involved anymore on on the forums and i think it's because facebook came in and whilst it was larger it was so much more not just transient but it was just faster it was it was more dynamic and it was you know you used to put sales posts on star wars forum uk for example and stuff wasn't gone in two seconds <laughs> there wasn't mm. someone typing claim before they had read the uh <laughs> read the fact that the bubble had a crack you know um <laughs> which you see but i i think i think facebook's just too big <laughs> it's just the silliest comment i've said but i just it felt more of a family on the forums yeah i think i think on the forums it, it was the same people wasn't it i think there was probably 30 40 really active people so you did get to know and you had that the same chats every day although i will what i will say with facebook is a page like echo there is a nucleus on echo that have built that that yeah. network up and yeah. those friendships up because when you go to something like echo live and you're in that those pubs there's there's a good group of 50 60 people who have got a tight yeah. network and they do look out for each other and they're a new network they weren't people that you saw on the forum it is a group i suppose you 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 create your own groups your own surroundings yeah. don't you we have a the same group we go to farthest from with yeah jabbers also have a similar thing uh, you know very very good very close it's almost like football teams isn't it that the, the echo guys were getting echo t-shirts the jabbers guys were getting jabbers ones you know we'd start on stores from uk i'm sure the rebel scum guys had done theirs you know and, and we do go around like a squad like a team you know people form tribes don't they it's only yeah. natural it's human behavior yeah. and it's not not necessarily a bad thing i think i had a conversation with is it paul de sykes from echo a while back and he was like well i don't think i've seen you at echo before i'm like yeah yeah i'm probably with this person this person this person. Went, oh you're with that lot are you it was one of, it was one of them <laughs> <laughs> i think you probably build your community from what was popular when you came into it yeah. so you've got those early people you've got your your chris Fawcett's, your chris jagulius's you ron salvatore's and that group who are in it from a very early stage who are hunting the stuff down you've then got your rebel scum groups the star wars forum uk was there which is 
probably where our group is now you've got facebook and new people coming in that's their basis so where we are that that time behind and we're in that group that were around at that point i think and i think you just you kind of just stick to your group you know we all probably know people in the echo groups and we probably all know people in the jabbers groups and but um i bet you if you looked at your core it's all from that period when you first came into the hobby and made those early connections jez we've been podcasting for six seven years now the podcast has i mean i used to do the interviews on vintage rebellion that did build a strong network i mean when stephen forcourt sold off his carno square cards which he used in the book he sent me a list of those before they went public and said there's a greedo here do you want it i said yeah i said i said i can't pay that sort of money up front straight away he um i think i paid it over three things and he dropped the price a little bit he gave me time to pay I had made that transaction before they went public. I mean, that was purely for a connection for an interview. Lawrence Dyer, I mean, I've mentioned it before. He, he bought me that Greedo drawing, which he had done after I had him on the podcast. His passion was that that warehouse that his granddad had designed. Mm. And he organised for six people, I think six or eight, to go up to, to Colville. We went to um, the Palatoy factory where Bob Breakin was in the morning. And then we were taken around. We, were, we went elsewhere. We went to the warehouse. He took us around the warehouse that his granddad had built. And to see his passion, I mean, it was a warehouse, but his passion, he was standing in the middle of this great big room going, can you imagine like, just boxes of Star Wars toys stacked up. I was only invited on that because I'd had him on for a podcast. There was a handful of people. I mean, Simon was there. So- Simon is a perfect example. I- I'm I'm very, very close to Si. Shall I tell you how I met him? He was on Star Wars Forum UK. Had no idea what the bloke was. All I used to see was scruffy looking Nerf Herder as a, as a name. And I pretended on the forum he was a butcher. And I used to just mention him being a butcher in every thread he was on. And the whole forum thought he was a butcher. And he wasn't. And he used to message me going, why do you tell people I'm a butcher? And I just go, because it's funny. <laughs> and that's how I met him. That's, that's, that was our that. connection. Yeah. I used to just do it all the time. And then and then we did meet. And it's just like, we got on because uh, he had that basis. So um, go around making things up about people, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, can I can I just railroad this just for a second? Yep. Can I just take this off? Because we're talking about networking. I've just had an email come through from, as if by chance or some sort of Star Wars miracle. And it's an email from the Tantive Forum website, just bringing me up to date with a prize draw. I think it might have been because these guys are really, really generous that when I was doing my run in Stormtrooper bits and pieces, they were setting up some prize draws. And I think I must have um, clicked subscribe to that particular thread or that particular forum. So an email's just come in. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to read it out. And it says, the Tantive 11 team wants to help out one of our TXI crew members that's in need of some help at this time. In order to help him through this difficult time, we have decided to sell what would have been our Celebration Anaheim Celebration swag. All proceeds made will be donated to our TXI crew member. And what they have, and this is, as I said earlier on, Clint is a great customizer. They have a three and three quarter inch Hoth Echo Base K3PO figure designed for the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back. So you've got this silver, whitish, whitish looking um, C3PO figure, but K3PO uh, with just some Hoth detailing. It says for 25 US dollars, shipping included, you will receive one K3PO. Email commander.clint.tantive 
xi at gmail.com for paypal information and to send your ship and address please use paypal friends and family otherwise add four percent there are 41 regular k3po's available and 10 battle damaged k3po's available so 41 regular and 10 battle damaged we will be setting up three shipping hubs one in canada one in the united states and one in the united kingdom in addition we will be raffling off this custom made 12 inch k3po raffle tickets of five us dollars each and we'll get your name put into the draw you may buy as many entry tickets as you'd like all proceeds made will be donated to our txi crew member how lovely is that and and part of that is you know us paying it back these guys are really really top lads on the tantive forum so i just want to check that out is that you know if that gets them a potential i'm gonna get one if that gets them a couple more sales a couple more things just to help out one of their own you know they've not named who it is this was their celebration swag you know when we've gone to celebration we've had the little droids given to us haven't we as celebration swag in the past yeah i'm definitely going to get one of those it's on tantive commander.clint.tantivexi at gmail.com 25 dollars and all proceeds going to a member of the crew who's just having a bit of a hard time seriously that just dropped in as we were all talking about networking and looking after each other how funny is that it feels um a timely thing to bring up given the sales of swag that we've seen recently which i think we've all got opinions on do you know what we should talk about that really i mean you spend you spend all this money and and you go to these places and you give this stuff away for free but what is all your views on it then being sold and making several hundreds of dollars for people's freebies i mean what what is people's views on that i'm sure this stuff changes hands but not quite so publicly and by such volume that's it isn't it if it was just one item one or two posts you probably wouldn't even think twice about it it made me feel a little bit sad i don't know if that's the right emotion but it's certainly close to sad that you know like you say people have put their passion into these things a lot of creativity to just further the joy and to see someone profiting from it just made me feel a bit sad if we take that palace with death star so me and a few of the guys so before generation skywalker existed so that was chicago 2019 we, we put a lot of time and effort into it. no i mean no more than mark right so he he designed the whole thing for us put the whole thing together um it cost they cost a lot of money i mean we had a hundred of them and we took them all out we get we're giving pieces away some people got in, you know a complete one it's one of those things we got back and we had lots of spare parts between us so we would we, we put them together i think i did a, a couple of auctions on various facebook pages and we we donated the money to jez's running stormtrooper you know it's never about making money and, you know, we'd look on eBay and see people on eBay and we chuckle about it. We weren't pleased. But to just put one on Facebook like that doesn't sit particularly well. I can't imagine. I'd love to know what Mark thinks about it. I don't think he's even got one. Same with the tea towels. Steve Savory did a long run of those, didn't he? But hey, you know, that would have cost him a lot. But I'm sure he would have done it for the joy of doing it and the participation of doing that sort of swapsies thing. And that's why we do it all. You know, if you've got a load of patches and you haven't got the complete set, kind of get that. You're missing a piece and someone needs a piece. Just put them on eBay for a couple of quiddies and let people complete theirs. But just to fire off loads of swag like that doesn't sit very well. Only other argument, what would you think of this argument, is, is StarTots. People are always selling and buying StarTots. Is that any different? I think it's less personal, isn't it? It's more of an yeah. organised entity. Yeah. And I think they've been created to swap and trade and uh, for people to, to hunt after. So I think I think that's different from an individual like like Steve yeah. Savory or you know me yeah. Mark Grant trying to get some people. To they're, they're they're sponsored, aren't they? So they're they're yeah. fun yeah. to buy. 
Well, I think swag as a, as a whole, just to explain the phenomenon, if people aren't familiar with it, where people create uh, Star Wars items, fun things to swap a trade and, and hand out at, at physical events is a great way of networking. Um, yeah. It's a great way of, of going up to people that you don't know because you've got something to offer them and they're going to walk away with, with something that they didn't have. You know, I'm not the most gregarious uh, approacher of strangers like you, Stuart, but I find myself at, at, at celebration with a with a satchel full of pencil sharpeners. You know, I go up to people and give them out and invariably it's met with a little bit of joy. And, and you know, if you give that thing out and it's got your name on it, you've made a connection. Do you know what? Watching Steve Savory do it when we were in Chicago, it was the anniversary of episode one. So rather than have Jar Jar, he had Lid Lid and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just took some bottle lids uh, and he had all sorts of stuff going on. He'd been doing his tea towels as well. And just seeing him go out there and doing it, you just think, yeah, that's that's how it's done. It was it was good watching him go. Before Chicago, I made some uh, plectrums up for guitars, three different people from bands on there. And I had some bloke message me before I went to Chicago and goes, I'd really like to meet up with you out there and get a set of them. I'm a musician. And, and I did meet up with him in there. And he still sometimes messages me. He's a nice enough bloke and still messages me. Strange little connections like that. Cool. So swag's a good thing if, if somebody wants to make some friends in the hobby, make some connections in a in a physical space. What's the what's the best way people can do it online? I think you've just got to delve in, haven't you? I mean, whether you join Facebook groups, choose your Facebook groups that you want to be part of. If you join loads, you'll be overwhelmed, I think. But just just joining conversations. I still I mean, Star Wars Forum's still going. It's still, still active. Join in by writing a review, preferably a five star one on the uh, podcast getting involved in our facebook getting involved in our social media or instagram start networking with us let's not call it networking let's just call it building friendships i mean we've, we've just given loads of positives about networking and i think it's i think it's vital i think it helps you enjoy the hobby but are there any disadvantages of collecting within a network I think the thing I struggle with and all's fair in love and Star Wars collecting is when you are in a community where you do know each other and you are known that when you find yourself bidding in an open forum against people you know and like, I, I struggle with that. So things like deal or no deal um, sites, auction sites, you're very exposed. It's your name. It's, you're not hiding behind a, a forum name or an eBay name. So if somebody i know gets in with a with a bid i back down before now because i think well no you know they got their first and i should maybe be a bit more forthright with it but i think that's one of the downsides that i find sort of in in an open community like that don't know if anyone else feels the same yeah no i do i've seen stuff and yeah even people from the podcast coming in and i'm like oh, right yeah not gonna go against him not gonna go against him <laughs> i guess the other ones are let's face it the positives far outweigh the negatives it's like you're asking me to point something out i didn't like about mandalorian or book of boba fett i mean generally i'm loving it yeah of course i can say oh yeah there's this if you want me to go into the depth of negativity i could probably say sometimes that feeling of when you know even if no one else has bid on something thinking oh i know that person likes that so i'll tag them rather than go for it myself it's almost that we've discussed it in here that case of where someone thinks that they're owed something or someone entitlement the whole entitlement thing that comes along every now and then i think once once i got caught up in a moment and i just thought all right i've got something which i'm really really pleased with i I got something on ebay 
it was really well, fairly unique and someone contacted me and went oh it did belong to this person that person let it go has regretted it ever since and uh, they're, they're probably really after it and because of my sort of standing at the time in comparison to the sort of hierarchy of Star Wars collecting and I thought very highly of this particular person who was doing a lot for the community I was like yeah actually I'll, I, I will let this guy have it and I, and I sold it to this guy so I only had it for about a day and always thought to myself oh I wish I hadn't, but I, I was doing the right thing. I was doing the right thing and, and contacted that person about a year or two later saying, if you ever decide to sell that, please, can you can you let me know? Because I would love to have it back. And he's like, oh, that. Oh, yeah. I sold that ages ago. <laughs> so so it clearly didn't mean that much to them. But I felt sort of morally obliged to because of the whole sort of networking thing i thought it was the right thing to do whilst it's great the whole networking thing is as i said there's always been far more positives than negative at that stage i was like oh jess you're just too nice you shouldn't have let that one go and uh and i, and I have kind of regretted that ever since interesting story there we well go. is dan back yet doesn't sound like it does it he just um, said he's gone to say goodnight to harrison ah uh, right okay well, I mean, that's not a bad time to raise the other point, which I was going to raise, which is it can take over your life and you need to sort of monitor your, your time with these communities and time with these networks because every so often you have to go and say goodnight to your little boy. Very true. <laughs> Indeed. So I think we'll wrap it up there. I think um, I think we've covered networking there and I think we all agree that it's, uh, it's important, but uh, don't overdo it like Jez or you might miss out on something very nice. <laughs> The first of what the makers of Star Wars hope will be thousands of queues started forming at 7am outside London's Dominion Cinema. Brought out by a publicity campaign of unprecedented proportions, the audience knew what they were after. Uh, well, we wanted to get in and see it on the only unreserved show, and it's booked through on the book all shows right until March, and we couldn't afford to wait that long. And the prestige of being able to save seeing Star Wars is something akin to royalty, really. <laughs> The film, which has already outstripped the legendary Jaws as a money spinner in America, tells an outer space war story with strange monsters, robots and special effects all made in British studios. Everything was fantastic. Whoever wrote it had a fantastic imagination. I think it was good. You, just good? No, fantastic. It was exciting, but I didn't like the bit when the man chopped off um, the person's arm. Why not? In the Because there was blood. Oh, but don't we like blood? No. We're going to use our uh, Generation Skywalker network now because it is the start of 2022. And I'm going to go around each of you to see what is on your wants list this year. And if our listeners could listen out, if you see these items, please tag the relevant member of the Generation Skywalker crew. And we will be forever in your debt and you would have built a network. Okay, so let's go, Jez. What are you looking for 2022? Yeah, a whole mixed bag, really, which is all good. So Helix Death Star, the original one, not the uh, 40th anniversary, um, as, as lovely as they are, Craig. Uh, so, yeah, the original Helix Death Star. I'm after the base, the blue base which has the sharpener so base with the sharpener to go in now i know i know it's very unlikely but just in case someone had one or has got a broken dome or, or what have you definitely after the base to complete my uh, helix tester a miss card right so be it try logo or or return of jedi i think try logos are more likely aren't they let's face it but a miss card a, a, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a really cool one. Yes, I, I once had the Maydeen Chewbacca, but it, it would be great to get a miscard. I would love that. Return it right now. The big guns are coming out. 
I may well be able to get a Return of a Jedi Palatoy Luke X-Wing on card. I don't know. We'll, we'll just see. Maybe one day that can come along. These things are um, a few and far between. Uh, they are very expensive, but I would like a, uh, a Luke X-Wing on a Palatoy Return of the Jedi card. So at the moment, as a, as a f- sort of stopgap, I've got the loose figure in a GW acrylic case with one of the card backs, uh, and that looks great, but it, it, it's it's not sealed. Uh, Vinyl Cape Jawa. Stu, you know I've been after a Vinyl Cape Jawa at the right price. It doesn't need to be mint. It's certainly not graded. Holes under the arm, whatever. It's not a problem. It is. If anyone's upgrading, I would love a Vinyl Cape Jawa at the right price, won't we all? And then finally, Micro Collection X-Wing. So the X-Wing, this is the one. Uh, which came out it doesn't need to be in a box i know there's a few different box variations but this is the one which breaks into three parts so you can uh, if i read out the uh, kenner toy fair catalog one of the toughest rebel fighters in the galaxy pretend to crash the x-wing fighter on dagobah or any flat surface it breaks apart into three pieces reassembly is fast and easy because the parts are connected with a cord you can even crash your x-wing fighter during the flight by pushing a button includes as a unique diecast pilot that fits in the cockpit so yeah small micro collection and that would just i think go brilliantly with my little uh mini luke x-wing collection uh, and x-wing i just something about that micro collection one i think it's just so bizarre because it breaks into three parts really really cool but very few and far between yeah that that'd be great so I guess, yeah, Micro Collection X-Wing, Miss Card, base for the Helix Death Star, might be the almost the joint hardest with the Return of Jedi Palatoy Luke X-Wing and a Vinyl Cape Jawa. So not at all difficult, eh? Just, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, need, I need to get a second job. I'm just looking at it. I mean, the Micro Collection X-Wing you should be able to get. I shouldn't think that would be too difficult. Try like a Miss Card, depending on what you want. You get the common ones rock up quite regularly. Your Helix Death Star base, I mean, that could be pretty tricky. <laughs> I know if my base is missing next time you visit, I'll uh, know where that's gone. But you might you might get a battered, rusty one and be able to take the base from it. Yeah, that's what I've been looking. You know, so I got saved old sharpener. Um, <laughs> did, did Helix Helix do any other sharpeners at that period of time with a similar yeah, so base? It, so it was based on a globe. Glo- yeah, so a map of the world, and I I can't remember. I think that was, was a bronzy one. Yeah. As opposed to blue. Yeah. Right. I was wondering if it was the same base, whether you would have got away with her finding a, a cheap other sharpener. But no. Well, there you go. So that is Jez's list. Yeah. Nice list, Jez. Very not what you want. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much. Keep an eye out, everyone, please. Uh, Craig, what are you on the hunt for? Yeah, it's going to be hard to do this without sounding like I'm pitching, but um, I'll, I'll give it a go. I think the term grail is overused. But we've probably all got one. So I'm going to come out and, and just talk about mine uh, up front. So I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the power of networking and chatting to people uh, that you deal with on eBay. I mentioned my letter set display. So I've got a letter set counter display for the large sets. And the one that has eluded me for many, many years was the companion uh, display, which housed the small sets. So this is the it's blue and yellow. Uh, it's got the logo on there. It's got the droids on there. It's not as pretty as, as the big one. Why is it a grail piece for me? I mean, I've been collecting vintage Star Wars rub down transfers for over 20 years. I've, I've got all the countertop displays for letter set. 
both sizes of the Thomas Halter sets, which we just discussed. I've got all the variants for Empire Strikes Back and Jedi Presto Magic. And I've even got the Ewoks set, the, the animated Ewoks um, dis- display. So to unearth this small blue letter set counter display would complete that run. It would be a long-held ambition realized. I know that there are a handful of these out there. I know exactly where they are. Uh, I know who's giving them a really good home. Uh, and it's unlikely that I'm going to be able to shake one loose, to be absolutely honest. I do have a few things I could probably offer up as trade bait if anyone is listening and open to such a thing. But that's the what that's the one thing I would probably sell half my collection to fund. It's it's it holds such a special place. So I don't think I've ever talked about it on here, but um, it seemed like a good opportunity to bring that up. There are a couple of other things that fall into that category. Um, some of the Helix displays, so the pencil case, which I missed out on at the prop store auction. I know there are Death Star Sharpener display boxes out there, Jez. The math set and the eraser box that, that Mark has. And then there's there's some displays that have never been documented to exist. So there is a, a display box of the felt tips that are all in kind of unicorn land, some of those things. So moving on to sort of more achievable things, uh, there are two pieces I need to finish my boxed run. And one of those is the, the Jedi TIE Fighter, the, the bluey, the bluey grey one with the battle damage, ideally a European box, and the Sonic controlled land speeder. I got the um the sand crawler couple of years ago chicago so the uh the other sort of part of that in my head is, is is the land speeder to go with it so two boxed ships like jez final cape jawa it's the one loose figure that's eluded me. <laughs> i have never um you've got dibs on it now obviously because you came first, got first. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's that, the problem of networking <laughs> that's how it works and i will uphold that agreement but yeah it's the one thing and i don't know why i've never bought one i mean like i've been collecting for years maybe maybe i think that if i do ever get a vinyl cake jar that's it i'm done i'm finished but there are a couple of things that are definite definite things i'm going to hunt down this year um i had to sort out over christmas uh, arrange some stuff rationalize some stuff and i'm looking for the omni darth vader bubble bath or shampoo bottles this is the figural uh shape of darth vader twist of his head the american uh, bubble bath or the shampoo i'm not fussed which but it's got to be sealed all the other ones i've got sealed with the little plastic collars around their necks so that would complete that run and the gamorian guard addis bottle is the only one of the bottles from the uk that i don't have if anyone's got those i think they're probably out there and i'm always interested if anyone's got any of the factors jewelry that um, i talked about at the start of the show some great items again be interested to know whether we knock these off this year even if we all knock one thing off our list i think that's a success daniel okay so yeah i've got a bit of a shopping list going i've got the the 77 backs with the alternative photo art so i've got the vader i've got the obi-wan and i've got the chewbacca which i actually bought from jez at the father's from in 2019 i'm looking to carry that run on so i think in terms of prices i think the fet and the luke gunner is going to be out of my price range but certainly the a yoda or the, the hand that comes with the alternative photo image. I'll be looking for, for either of those. Obviously got my my uh, micro tins at, at Father's From, that set. I've been buying some of the pencil cases from Metalbox as well. So I'm looking to pick up a few more Metalbox pieces. So to borrow the pencil cases, the star trunks. So that's another one that I'll be after. I think the big thing that I'm after is, and probably going to be the toughest to get, is a Dengar um, baggy. So the one that came with the mailer for the Palatoyafa. So I've had the the box that comes the box mailer itself for probably five or six years 
but I've never been able to get the baggy. Mark's been tagging me in a couple over the summer, but I've either been too late or my bids haven't been high enough for deal or no deal. So I'd really like to get one of them to, to complete my, my mailer box. And the other thing is a Imperial Troop Transport in a Empire Strikes back box. So I think they're called Imperial Cruisers in that version, but I'd, I'd quite like to get one of those as well. I think all of that's fairly obtainable, but they're, they're, the, they're the bits I'm after. Nos, I think they are all obtainable, Dan. I expect that list to be completed. Go on, yeah. Stu. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna... Slow and steady wins the race, Stu. You haven't got to buy it all at once. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, actually, Dan, you're right. Joe, you know what? I, because my room's done, I've been looking around it, and I know that there's bits that I need to just finish off and tick, like little shelves that I, I know there's something missing on them. So I have a Chewbacca shelf. I've got a Star Wars mock of Chewbacca, the 12th back, and I've also got a Return of the Jedi one with the alternate image. Empire Strikes back, Minon card of Chewie, something nice and easy, just to, to round off the three film covers on them. Do you know what? My Sigma's really close to being finished for the production pieces. I seem to have a flurry at the end of each year. I think at the end of last year, picked up one, two, three, four pieces. Just picked up the Vader frame, which has arrived in the UK with someone else yesterday that that arrived so picking that up at echo i have just four pieces left now i need both salt and pepper pots they used to be easy so the r2 and r5 set and the yoda set they've got to be easy i need the the bookends which do come up in the states so chewbacca and vader on the bookends and i need the vader mirror which i've never seen for sale so they're the four pieces i would love to finish off the uh, the sigma line already mentioned at the beginning the wallace berry display i would love to fill that that is definitely a, a target of a display. Um, I would love a Lily Leddy loose Jawa, the removable hood loose figure, to finish off my Jawa shelf. Nice. And then my most my most wanted piece of recently, I really want a Huffy speeder bike, but I really know that that's not likely. But if anyone does see a Huffy speeder bike knocking around, let me know because uh, I would love to uh, acquire that. Now I have the space to display it. Yeah, so actually most of mine's pretty, I mean, the Sigma might take some time. And the Huffy Speeder bike, unlikely, but the rest of it should be quite straightforward. I'm I'm really rooting for you to finish that Sigma run. I mean, I've, I don't own a single Sigma piece. So I'm kind of collecting it vicariously through you. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, just, um, oh, do you know what, the salt and pepper pots, I used to see, you know, they used to pop up probably one of set a month. Just do not see them. You said the salt and pepper pot ones, R2 and R5, which I know, the Yoda ones. What is it? Is it two Yodas? It's just, it's two Yodas, yeah, which is disappointing, really. I mean... But you've got the two droids. They loved. They obviously loved Yoda. There's so many Yoda pieces in. Sigma. Yoda and a tree stump. Yeah, to be fair, well, actually, there is a couple of bits with Yoda and a tree stump. <laughs> the, the vase is a Yoda and a tree stump. It's just anybody, anything. Just, just put something with Yoda. You said um, Sigma production pieces. Are there displays and other things that, that around it? I want the display. That I would love the display. It is a massive lump of plastic with Darth Vader's head and shells. Yeah. Yeah. And you think it's small until you see a photo of it with the teapot on it. Yeah. And you think how big the teapot is. And the teapot looks like a mug size on the size of this display. I have got a link for one of them. I know someone that's got one who's not actually that bothered about it with me driving to Europe. But I am tempted. Perhaps uh, perhaps if I could sort that one out, perhaps on the way back from Berlin, Jez, we could stop there. <laughs> pick it up. Yes. <laughs> Road trip. Yeah. But, is that made of plastic? Yeah. So, so you're going to have to tie it to the roof then. Not that big, no. <laughs> but I would. I, I don't know how I would display that because it is a big piece. But um, you do. I've seen a few come up in America of those. But again, it's the shipping something like that to the UK. Always. Uh, I, I would love the um the speeder bike climbing frame. How great is that? It's just like mm. a scaffold poles, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> getting into the UK would be an absolute nightmare. 
Let's have some interesting wants lists. And we'll uh, we'll see. My want list changes all the time. I think I've been after a, a VCJ <laughs> for. Uh, oh, let's see now. Started collecting again in 2009. So probably 11 years I've been after a VCJ. I think I turned turned the first one down at about 225 quid. I was like, nah, I'll get a cheaper one one day. <laughs> Whoops. So please come and join us over on um, on Facebook. We do have our our Generation Skywalker page, but we also have We Are Generation Skywalker, where we try to encourage discussions on everything from what we're watching on screen, from what we're collecting, to blog posts, to our shows. Uh, come and join in, start the conversations up, and uh, make that a an act, active forum for, for networking. I mean, I mean, join that and, and just get involved in the discussions. Uh, search for Generation Skywalker over on Instagram and Twitter. Plenty being posted there regularly. Go over to YouTube where you can find enhanced versions of 99.9% of our shows. Unboxing videos. I'm sure we're all going to be unboxing stuff in the coming weeks and months and um, all sorts of stuff. I mean, the events, there is now the Farthest From video, which uh, Craig knocked up the day after the event. Go and have a look and see what is involved in something like Farthest From. Just go and get involved again. Just search for Generation Skywalker over there. Or, of course, if you can't remember any of that, I mean, it's difficult to remember Generation Skywalker on any platform. But if you can't remember that, head over to generationskywalker.com where you'll find links to all the social media, all the podcasts, all the enhanced, all the videos. And there is blog posts over there. And I'm aware that there is blog posts coming soon. Well, boys, that is the first Those Old Fossils of 2022. It's great to be back. Always great to talk vintage. I think all of us are heavily invested in that. That is where our connections all begun. So it's always good to sit down and talk anything vintage but um it is for this first show goodbye from daniel goodbye it is goodbye from craig cheerio it is goodbye from jez see you next time and it is goodbye from me and we're generation skywalker <laughs>